Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on, man? I'm Scoots Bronson. And I'm Mr. Foster. And this is Viewers Anonymous. What's going on with you, bro? Man, hey, I am extremely excited about this one, yo. Like, like we had did a uh we did a pod um, together the other day for my 28 minutes or less podcast. And like we got done recording, and then I brought it, I brought it to your attention. I don't even remember how we got there, but I was just telling you, I was like, I showed my girl uh, <laughs> the last dragon. I said, because her parents didn't raise her right and never showed her the last dragon. So, and then like, you just fucking with No, you are talking about the Wiz. You are talking about the Wiz. Well, yeah, because you asked me if I seen the Wiz, and I was like, I never seen the Wiz. And you was telling me to watch it. Yeah, yeah, you were talking and, about the Wiz. We were talking about the Wiz at first. Yeah. yeah. And I, I still don't know how we ended up getting there. And I tell you that, you know, she never seen it. And I was like, dude, but we almost got into an argument. I was like, I was about to put her ass out the house. I was like, what you mean you never seen it? And then she kept talking about it was trash. Yep. And I was like, yo, I said, man, you can take that trash back on up the road. And then, so then, I mean, obviously hey man, I took that shit that's back. That's breakup worthy, man. <laughs> I mean, obviously yeah. I took that shit back, but like... <laughs> But I was like, that's crazy. And I was telling her, I was like, yo, like, you just never, like, if you see it with a 2020 mindset, like, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna get it, man. Like, you know, I don't know, but yeah, you were extremely excited about it. And I was like, dude, I've been dying to talk about this movie, man. Hey, man, it's my favorite movie of all time, man. Like, to me, nothing beats this movie. Like, okay, so when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? My mom used to take me to the library a lot. And we would get, you know what I'm saying? They used to have the VHSs in the library. You could rent them. Well, you not rent them, but you could check out the VHSs like you could check out books. And so my mom, the first movie she ever rent, uh, checked out for me was The Last Dragon. And then she also checked out The Wiz. So that's why The Wiz is my second favorite movie. So, you know what I'm saying? The Last Dragon to me was a super dope movie because I used to grow up like with all my older cousins. So all of them used to do like karate moves and stuff. So we used to watch like, I remember um, the the original Drunken Master with Jackie Chan. I remember Enter the Dragon with, um, with Bruce Lee. I remember when they did the Bruce Lee movie with his son, Brandon. Like, all the old karate movies, like, we used to watch kung fu movies, karate movies, all that. Like, that's all we used to do. We used to get popcorn, go to the basement, watch them movies, and that used to be the thing. So, the first time I ever seen somebody that looked like me that did karate was Jim Kelly. But I never knew Jim Kelly had his own movie. So, the next person I seen was Bruce Leroy. And his villain also looked like me. So, like, everybody in the movie was black. They was breakdancing. It was it was black music. It was black people. And then goddamn Bruce Leroy, the hero, was a black dude. So this just became like the greatest movie to me because everybody in it 
was people that looked like me and people that was like me. So I thought that was super dope. And then not only that, man, like his name was Bruce Leroy. That, that's a ghetto name. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, it sounds like hard. a name that's a real thing, but <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Bruce Leroy, that's fire, man. That's oh fire. yeah, man. I got this I got this crazy ass cousin, man. I, I need to have her on the pie. I swear to God, like she she is hilarious. And she used to do the whole um uh seventh heaven thing that vanity would do like you remember when it first came on and vanity came down on it um, yeah on my cousin my cousin Mickey used to do well, that yeah, shit word, she knew it word for word everything and like and she used to kill me man I need to get her on the pot but um dude I had the Listen, hugest crush on vanity fine, man. vanity was oh my god like, dude, on, man, what? See. Man, oh my listen God, listen I was I was listen that movie came out when I was born it came out in eighty five and I probably didn't see it till I was yeah. like five or something like that. But then it was just like, dude, I, like yeah. she was like the first person. It was, it was, it was, it was Vanity and Tony Braxton. Mm-hmm. Like I had the hugest crushes on them, and they kind oh, of favored each other a little bit. I think, I yeah. think Vanity got it a little bit, but yeah. I had the, I had the hugest crush on oh, them. One hundred percent, And then I had the mistake of telling my girl that. I had to crush on vanity when I was growing up. She's like, oh, so this is why you like the movie. I'm like, no. Like, this, <laughs> like, like listen, this movie yeah. is fire. Just because the movie fire and vanity yeah. fire, it don't mean, you know what I'm saying, that's the reason why. But I'm just saying, hey, listen, this this movie, it, it's one of those things like, dude, it, it's a childhood. Like, man, my, my, my youngest son loves this movie. It's like it's something that you gotta pass down through your kids. That's 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 just one of those type of movies, man. And it's like even even like the music, like he's listening to the music and he's like, oh man, you know, okay. He he, he think that the uh, the barge sounds like Prince. <laughs> he was like, Dad, is that Prince? And I said, nah. <laughs> hey, listen, rhythm of the night is still one of my favorite songs, man, of Dude, all time. Killing it, but killing it. Man, yeah. People, people don't. What people don't seem to understand, man, with 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 Barry Gordy being involved in this, it, it took it took yeah. the movie, it took it to a whole other height because I think that if they would have butchered the music in this, I think it could have took away from the. I'd have been horrible. Yeah, it would have been the horrible. Music. Now listen, this is the thing. This is the thing. It's not a movie that has excellent acting it's True. not like one of those movies to where the actors are like 100% you know what I'm saying they in there it's, it's like Oscar worthy it's none of that and that's what makes it such a great movie is because you have so many different elements of black culture in that time period you got break dancing you got you know what I'm saying kung fu you have um you know what I'm saying you got the 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 uh, the music element, you also have, you know what I'm saying, like this whole thing to where like you've seen how black people live. Like you got to remember like like Bruce Leroy was living with his, his parents. They had, he had a little brother. It was him. And then not only was it him, they just had a little sister. So like they had all of those people in a small New York apartment you know what I'm saying? And they was 
still like out living and doing their thing. So like this movie just it, it embodied a lot of, of what was going on in in eighties black culture. Yeah, and and that's what I was telling. I was I was telling her I was like, because she was asking me about this like the kung fu element of it, and I was like, listen, like in the eighties, mid eighties, like this was big, like like Bruce Lee. Like she the that, that, back in the sixties. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, and he this go back to the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and then when I, the reason I say the eighties is because how much the Wu Tang Clan picked it up because they embodied like the whole. I mean, yeah. their name is Wu Tang Clan, and they had little snippets of <laughs> from the Shaolin. Yeah, they had they had that shit in their music. So I was like, this was this was more. This was really the culture especially in New York at this time. So I was like, for this movie to come out, yep. to have a $10 million budget and make $33 million in the box office, I'm pretty sure this is not... Mm-hmm. The, I don't think they thought that they was going to profit $23 million off of this movie. Because like you said, 100%. the actors ain't... I'm with you. I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? What it really is. Vanity wasn't an actor. She was a singer. And so it's like when you think 100%. about the other yep. people... That was in it. Even when you look at Richie, I, I think that was Richie's first movie. Because I went been. and looked at his it bio. Been. It was his first. He only did one other movie, and like he was like done with acting, which which is surprising because I thought he did very well in that movie. And yeah. I don't understand why he didn't. I mean, look, look we don't know their lives. We don't really know what happened, but. It was crazy to see, man, because I was looking at right. his bio, man, and he got shot three times. Um, and then he ended up surviving from that, but he died in 2012. And the article that I read, oh, wow. it must have been an old one, because it said that he, uh, it didn't say that they was going to, they said they were going to do an autopsy, so I don't know what ended up happening, but, like, there's some pictures of him, and he has on, um, like that hospital robe, so I don't really know what ended up happening to him. But like when you look at the people that was in it, there wasn't huge actors, and the only ones that turned out to really be something is that had your boy, um, uh, shit, uh, the man from Shameless, um, uh, oh, what's my man's name? Like he had that um one little spot. And um, you want to know who else was in this that I did not even really realize? Who? Cole's in this. Yeah, he was one Martin. of uh, Richie's friends. Yeah, one of the Richie's yeah, friends. Richie's friends. Yeah. yeah. So, so he was he was in it. Um, but yeah, like for for them for them to be able to to do what they done with that little bit of money, like that was. That, that was really big, and, and it's, it's key that you bring that out because, like, even when you look at a lot of films from back then, even, like you brought up Superfly on the last podcast we did. Yeah. Like, the acting wasn't great in that. Like, it, it really wasn't. Yep. But, you know, but the plot and the storyline is what really made it, and I think that's what made this movie because mm-hmm. he was so, he was obsessed with Leroy. Leroy. With um with Bruce Lee, but also when you would call him a sensei, when I guess that's what that uh, old dude was called, 
So like that was his sensei. Uh, yeah, that was and, that was his sensei. So, yeah. Yeah, because the movie started out, you know, he, he's doing his fight stuff, and he's shooting an arrow at him, and he catches the blue one. So he was like, dude, you you passed yeah. it. You made it to the final level. So he's like, now you have to be on search for the master. And he sent him out on a dummy mission. But he didn't get it. Like, it took – that's one thing that we seem to notice about Leroy. Like, he seemed like – he seemed mm-hmm. like a guy that's smart, but he got no common sense. Like, like the whole time when he said, well, this, was, this was the thing. This was the thing. It wasn't that he didn't have common sense. It was more so that with this movie and with the the environment being what it was, <clears throat> it was more so like that old saying to where, like, you got book smarts, but you don't have street smarts. And that's why I thought this movie was also so great because you had Richie who – was very street smart. Richie was always like, he was the one that was making, you know what I'm saying, certain stuff. He could make certain stuff happen. He knew kind of the players in the hood and all that kind of thing. And then you had Bruce Leroy, who was technically like, he was like, uh, you know what I'm saying? He was like sheltered. You know what I'm saying? He was kind of like the nerd of the family. You know what I'm saying? He didn't get too much into what was going on or none of that. But, he was, you know what I'm saying, like, he could he could still handle himself. It wasn't like he couldn't handle himself. But he just was green to everything that was going on to where Richie was kind of like, you know what I'm saying, he was out here. He knew what was going on. He was off the porch before his brother was. Like, even remember the um, remember the scene where they was talking about uh, Vanity's character. And, you know what I'm saying, like, he was like, yeah, man, you got to have the moves. And then Bruce Leroy started doing karate. He was like, nah, fool. He was like, the moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, for his little for his little brother to be able to tell him stuff like that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Rose was kind of switching this movie. And to me, like, that's what I thought was always cool because you had that, you kind of had that balance to where, you know what I'm saying? Like, growing up, man, like, everybody wasn't in the streets. But, you know what I'm saying? You had the people who were in the streets and then you had the people who weren't. But you also had that, that collision to where, you know what I'm saying, a lot of them hung out together. So I think that, you know what I'm saying, the 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 various um the various points of view of our of our culture during that time was shown in that movie a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. Like that the way you put it was a whole lot better. I, I was trying to think of a way to put it, but like yeah, it was book smarts and street smarts because it was even things yep. like what Richard was like when he was talking, it was like, I wanna meet her. And he, like he was making fun yeah. of me, he was like, "I would like to see her." And he was like, "Man, he's like, yeah. you got to know where to put it." And he was like, "And it can really hurt yeah. if you don't know what you're doing." You know, it's like, <laughs> now you're looking at little Richie, like, "Man, where you getting some of that?" So it's like, it's, it's yeah. so, <laughs> right? Like the roles was reversed because really he was supposed to be telling his little brother that, but like yep. he was so yep. caught up in what he loved to do, but also at the same time. He didn't feel that it was necessary to be like that guy. And see, that was Shonuff's problem. Like Shonuff wanted to prove to everybody that he could beat the best. And yeah. Bruce Leroy is like, dude, I don't care about none of that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm focused on a whole nother level. You know, I'm trying to be, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find that glow and be like Bruce Lee. And Shonuff is all mm-hmm. about pretty much being a man, then it's like, well, if people say you're the best fighter, I want to show everybody that I'm the man. 
So it was like he wanted that street cred yeah. of being the guy. And Bruce Leroy is like, dude, I don't care about that stuff. Like none of that stuff seems, you know, matters to me. So I thought that that was something else that was that was really telling about this movie. And then also when you think about the character uh, Eddie Arcadian, you know, straight hustler. Like Eddie oh, was, man. dude. Eddie was a straight hustler, dude. Scammer. He is scammer. He's a scammer because listen, his girl can't say <laughs> shit. You hear me? Like nothing, nothing. <laughs> no talent, <laughs> none at all. But then you know but, what? Hey, listen. You want to know what's funny? You want to know what's funny? Her song, her the song that she sung. Um, the first song that they had reminds me every time I watch that movie and every time I hear her song, it reminds me of Shawn Michaels' entrance music on WWE. <laughs> the Naughty Boy song, that shit, that reminds me of that shit every fucking time. That Naughty Boy song, that shit is hilarious. That is hilarious. And then, like, and then his his top security guy, Rock, he was like, "I wish you would put so much that much enthusiasm in my career." He was like, "I gave you a title fight." He said, "They called you the big what they call the the big." Uh, being like hopeless or some shit like that. Yeah, the bit. Yeah. He was like, I gave you he a fight, you lost. And I was yeah. like, and you can tell like he comes up with these ideas and it's like he don't think them shits out. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. funny to watch it. It's funny to watch it, dude. But this is what kills me though. This is why I say he a hustler. So you remember the scene yeah. when when showing up and his guys went looking for Leroy. And he went to um, yep. the, the pizza shop. And so, like, he told the pizza shop or whatever. And then he was like, man, he was like, who plays this shit? And, like, he kicked it. No, no, and that's he, not what he said. That's not what he said. <laughs> man, somebody shut this bitch up. And then he fucking super kicked the fucking uh, video machine. I know that shit. That's my favorite part of the movie because – he asked where Bruce Leroy is, and then his dad was like, well, he ain't been here. And then the little brother was like, hey, man, who are you? Why you want to know about Bruce Leroy? And then he called, um, oh, what the fuck is dude? I forgot what dude's name is, but he said something, something. And he snapped and do like that. And then he picked that nigga up and put him in the trash can. They go to commence to tearing up Daddy Green's pizza. And then once they do that, then he walked past in the counter and said, if you see Bruce Leroy, tell him I'm looking for him. And the video is playing in the background. And he looked, he said, man, somebody shut this bitch up. And he super kicked the fuck out that screen. That's my favorite part of the movie, bro. I love that shit. But then, but you got to realize, Eddie got it in there, though. That's what makes him hustle yeah. because he was able to get that shit around town. Somehow, some way, he got that shit around yeah. town. So he had support and he was able well, to remember remember he was a he had the arcades he had the arcade joints. That's how he got rich. Cause you know he was a rich dude. He had his he had the, the um the arcade game. Yeah, and he was trying to and he was trying to have his, his come up and he was trying to get into entertainment. Yep. And that was his whole reason mm-hmm. of messing with Laura because he wanted Laura to play his girl's video on the uh on the Seventh yep. Heaven show. And so, like, that was his whole thing with that. And then, yep. like, she just got lucky that, you know, he ended up, uh, that Bruce Leroy was in the right place at the right time. 
to sit there and say, and then down I the love his fight music. Dude, I love his fight music. They should get the coming off, they get the ringing off. I'm like, yo, like that's why I said yeah. the music was so important in this movie. Because like when when you when you see a fight scene, like you want like the music that go along with a fight scene is very fucking important. And to have like his music, that shit, that shit wrong off. But with Eddie, I think I think Eddie character was a, a, a character that was really, really, really needed in this film. And I think it's really, really important because with him having the drive that he has, and then the drive mm-hmm. that Shonuff had, they had to like I'm, I'm speaking to people that never seen it. You had to see that there was going to be some kind of collaboration there, because both of them had these yeah. motives that was against Leroy for two different reasons, and they just found a way to help each other out, you know, because he figured, well, if I kidnap her, he's going to come after her, and he's like, well, if you do this, then that'll find, you know, you get him to a place, like like he said, he said, you find the designated place, I'll be there to designate the time, and I will be there to designate his ass. And that's it. Look, he had the yeah, best right. kiss phrases ever, dude. <laughs> like, Come on, man. Kneel, kneel down and kiss my converse? What? Yo. That's one of the greatest fight lines ever, bro. <clears throat> like, man, and then and then it was just the way the way that he talked. Like he had the best swag, dude. He had like Kanye tried to come out and wear them. We all know those were the show enough glasses, man, with the lines in them. Yep. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, yep. and dude, he had the hardest van. That van, those used to be the hardest vans ever. Like, I used to want one oh, of yeah. those vans back in the day. Them because was, my uncle had one similar to it. Man, they had the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it had the blinds in the back. Yep. Man, listen. Yep. It, had, it had, the, <laughs> had a little ladder on the back yeah. of that joint. Yeah, I mean, that thing was hard, like, but but you know it reminds it's the same band as uh the A team, A team had yep. the same band, so that's what it reminded me of. And like, show enough. Now you can get the shoulder pads out of here. Like, <laughs> like I don't need. Oh, no, I don't need no. the you need the shoulder pad. I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> go ahead, I'm gonna let you finish, but I'm gonna tell you why you needed the shoulder pad. The, the reason I say like, cause he had he had the swag. I was like, I, I never cared too much for the for the shoulder pads, but like the swag that he had, like in this film, and like like I said, he had the best catch phrase, catchphrases, and like like when like the like when he was introduced to the film, you know, that was going into the movies. He he had enough pull for them to stop the movie, stop the Bruce Lee movie. It was yeah. Enter the Dragon. Yeah. It was playing Enter the Dragon. He fucking walks in. Mm-hmm. His his crew come through. Am I the prettiest? <laughs> Show enough. <laughs> Am I the cleanest? Come on, man. Hey, hey, listen, this shit was so come hard. On, man. And then he hit you with the I can't hear you. <laughs> every time. Yeah. Come on, man. Am I the baddest? Am I the meanest? Come on, man. Every time. And then, then you can see, like, when you watch in the film, you can see. And then, you know, they tell him to shut up or whatever. And then this guy, little kid, said, I know who can beat you. And he was like, who? He was like, Bruce Leroy. That's who he pulled over there. He mm-hmm. over there eating popcorn with chopsticks. 
Mm-hmm. With the hat on. He, he had the hat on. Yeah, oh yeah, he had to keep the hat on. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then, yeah, no, then, yeah. I, I don't like how my man, how my, my Chinese dudes from some 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 Goy stole his hat. That was fucked up, man. He stole his hat and give his hat back, man. Come on, man. So, so brother number one. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, but see, he had another hat on that day. They never gave him his original hat back. Cause remember when they were dancing he, on the he street? He had plenty of hats. <laughs> he had to have. And like it was just so funny yeah. when he was uh when he was at the uh Sundown Goy and he asked him about it and my man took his hat, he was like he said, Let me break it down so we can get it slim and he took his hat up his head. You go <laughs> chop chop pretty <laughs> take your ass on over yeah. there and some shit. <laughs> and I like those three Chinese dudes, man. Those three Chinese dudes are all time. Yeah. But why you need to show the pass? So man? okay. I'm going to tell you why I needed the shoulder pads, man. And this is, once again, you know what I'm saying, this is my favorite movie, so I got to break it down to you. So, if you know anything about kung fu movies, right, it's it's two different styles of, well, I ain't going to say kung fu, I say martial arts. It's two different styles of martial arts movies. You have Japanese martial arts movies, and then you have Chinese martial arts movies. And... When you when you watch those movies, you can tell the difference between what's what and who's who. So if you know anything about martial arts movies, is that Shogun, the I'm sorry, Shogun, Shonuf, the Shogun of Harlem, was the representation of the Japanese martial arts culture. That's where you got the shoulder pads from. That's where you got the he had the little towels that was in between his legs and the pants and everything. He was supposed that's why he called himself Shogun. Because he was the Japanese martial arts or the embodiment of Japanese martial arts. That's what his style was. Even if you watch the way he fight, that was his, he was Japanese martial arts. When you watch Bruce Leroy, he was Chinese martial arts. That's why he would have the gi on and shit like that. Like the way his clothing was, he would have like the little robe look, looking clothes. That's what, that's why they were so back and forth. So it was basically like a metaphor for Japanese martial arts and Chinese martial arts. So Bruce Leroy was representing China or the Chinese martial arts and then uh, Shonuff was representing Japan and Japanese martial arts. So the thing about it is Japanese martial arts is a lot more aggressive. Chinese martial arts is like uh, a, a little bit more passive. And that's why Shogun was supposed to be the villain, and then Bruce Leroy was supposed to be the hero. So that's why Bruce Leroy's character is so calm and cool, and then Shonuff's character is like, you know what I'm saying, the the big bad yeah, in-your-face guy. Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the that's the metaphors for each of those characters. So the, the shoulder pads was supposed to be like the samurai to where um, the the Chinese embodiment or Bruce Lee where it was supposed to be ninja. So that's why you got those two different characters like that. And then if you look at the shoulder pads, it had the Japanese flag on it. Like it had the red yep. circle with the white with the yep. white around it. Yep, yep. So that yep. makes that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. And um yeah. But yeah so and, and that makes my thing is go ahead. No no you got it. Okay. So my thing is with Shogun, he made the perfect villain. 
the reason he made the perfect villain in this movie was because even though, you know what I'm saying, we got Eddie Arcadian in this movie, Eddie Arcadian is not the villain. Shogun is the villain. And he's the best villain because he is basically the counterpart and the and the greatest antagonist that Bruce Leroy has in his movie. He can fight with Bruce Leroy one-on-one. Then don't forget, he's also the first person to catch the glow in this movie. This is what the this is what the um this is what the mission for Bruce Leroy was all about. The mastery is catching that glow, is becoming the, the ultimate master of your your skill set, your martial arts. So when when Shonuff caught his, it wasn't the fact that he can catch it, it was the fact that could you keep it? Could you complete yourself? He couldn't complete himself because he wasn't pure enough. And so when he had his and he was fighting Bruce Leroy, if you pay attention to the movie, he was beating the shit out of Bruce Leroy, but he didn't look like he was getting beat up. The reason behind that is because Bruce Leroy was super pure and Bruce Leroy's glow was, was he was starting to achieve that ascension. And then once you seen Bruce Leroy catch his blow, he was beating the shit out of Shonuff. And Shonuff had the, he had the beat up eye. He had the bloody eye. He, I mean, he had the bloody eyebrow. His lip was busted. He was jacked up. So that just kind of showed you just the, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of showing you the, the difference between each style. It was showing you the difference between each culture. But the reason that I think that Shonuff was the, the best villain in this movie is he was the mix of, you know what I'm saying, the two cultures at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, we talked about how in the 60s, you know what I'm saying, when they went to, um, like, Vietnam and all that shit, how when they came back, martial arts was a huge thing, and that was one of the things that they, they were teaching amongst people in our culture at the time. So by the time the 80s rolled along, that's why we were so big in the Bruce Lee. That's why we were so big in the Chuck Norris. That's how you get like guys like the Wu-Tang Clan because you started to have dojos, black-owned dojos pop up around this time. And so Shonuff was like the dude in the neighborhood who he learned martial arts and then he decided to use martial arts and just go around whooping people's ass. You know what I'm saying? Like he knew who to pick on and who not to pick on. He just so happened to pick on Bruce Leroy. He had a crew with him. You know what I'm saying? Like all of the dudes, I think one of the dudes' name was like Animal or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they was all nasty dudes. And then you seen Bruce Leroy who he was by himself, but he had a dojo where he was teaching kids how to use martial arts, but he was teaching them how to use it the correct way to where Shonuff was using it the wrong way. And he was using it for absolute power to where, uh, Bruce Leroy was using it to more so, you know what I'm saying, to better, you know what I'm saying, the environment, to better the people around him. And, you know what I'm saying, with with that, I felt like that was always, it was like a mirror image, but you know what I'm saying, he was, to me, showing up was like evil Bruce Leroy. Yeah, and I think that's, that defines why when showing up got the glow, his glow was red. And when mm-hmm. Bruce Leroy got the glow, his was more 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 god color. Yeah, it was it was like a gold color. And I think yep, that I think yep. that he got his glow. I think that the reason Shonuff got his glow first was because I think he mastered to the point of where he wanted to be. 
And I think that I think that because it took it took yeah. Leroy like when the scene where he was asking him who's the master and he kept dumping his head into the that on huge tank. And what it was, Leroy was having flashbacks. Yeah. And it took it took those flashbacks for him to finally put that, you know what I'm saying, to add that like like you used earlier, street smarts and book smarts. He finally was able to merge his smarts together yeah. and realize like you know, when, like, his, yeah. his sensei was like, there's one place that you have not looked, and it is there. And then he saw Laura, and she was like, you sure look like a master That was the me. realization. Yeah, and then, like, he saw yeah, the dudes that down going. So it was like, he was able to put all this stuff together, and then he asked him the last time, who's the master? And he said, I am. And then the glow come. And I think that it took all mm-hmm. of that to go down the way that it went. And then it was like, once he got his glow, yeah. I think that I think it's also a confidence thing. So I think that it's a little yeah. bit of what you said, but I also think that when he saw Leroy got his glow, then he started doing his hand thing, and he started flickering. I think his confidence started to go away because he realized, like, oh, yeah. this dude's about to whoop my ass. And I think he knew the whole time. I yeah. think that was his yeah. whole motivation of why he wanted to fight Leroy because – he wanted to prove to himself and to everybody that he could beat him. And yeah. I think that once he, he realized, yeah. yeah, once he seen he got that glow, he was like, oh, shit, like, I am fucked. Like, I can't back out of the fight. <laughs> like, like, once you're in it, you can't back out. So it was like, right. it's that thing of, you know, I, I think it was really a confidence thing, and it, and it took Leroy to pretty much almost fucking drowning to death to realize that the, the whole time his sensei was telling him, like, dude, no, you are the master. And and that dude's name was Beast. It, whatever, it was Beast. And, like, <laughs> one of my favorite Beast, parts. that's what it was, yeah, Beast. Yeah, one of my favorite parts, like, we was talking on the other podcast about a rewatchable moment. Like, you was talking about the, the scene in the, uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, the uh, pizza shop. is when Richie... Yeah, when Richie was uh, looking for Laura, and like he he ran up on the one dude, and he got the drop on that dude, and so he's yeah. running, and he running the beast, <laughs> and so he tried to do the same move <laughs> on the beast that he did to the other dude <laughs> for some odd reason. Yeah, beast got work. a fucking plate <laughs> on his balls for some odd reason. I don't know why he got a, a fucking plate yeah. down there. So then Leroy comes around, and he's like. He was like, put him down. He was like, anything you say. And he threw his ass in his head. That shit was loud. Hey, I thought I was going to die. Every time he hit his head on that that thing, dude, I fucking die laughing, man. That's one of the worst. One thing I fuck with Richie about is he cannot be held down by no means. My man was tied up. And hog tied, I mean, not hog tied, oh. tied up and gas oh, on the thing. Oh, and my man, man start, yeah, he start doing the pop, bro. Come on, he pop that, like hey. out the ropes, my nigga. He pop come like on, out the ropes, ropes man. Genius. Rich, Rich is that Genius. guy, man. Rich, Rich, yes. Rich is that guy. He snuck, he snuck into, they snuck into the studio, bro. Don't forget, they snuck into the studio. But every time they got in there, they snuck in there. And then, and then, and 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 I tell you, like in another, in another, probably I would say that's my second favorite part. Like my my favorite part of the movie is when he goes to he goes to Laura's house, 
And um, so they mm-hmm. on the ride over um, to the thing. And he was like, you know, you know, there's this friend of mine who likes this girl, and and know uh, he don't even have a paintbrush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's like, you know, the saying, art bro. of making love. And so, like, they're in the car talking to whatever, so she takes him to Seventh Heaven, and then she puts on the Bruce Lee video. And so then, oh, yeah. my man is imitating all of the shit that Bruce Lee's doing. <laughs> you gotta move like, like water, man. Part. You gotta move like... Remember, remember, when they had the, remember when they had the thing he was on the screen doing like that? <laughs> and yeah, and then they get in the that was that joint, bro. Hey, that shit yeah, was hard, yeah, man. but it was like that was that joint. It also tells you a lot about Leroy. Like there's just certain things yeah. that he just did not know because he 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 really yep. he mastered the art of fighting, but it was like he was missing out on other things in life. So he was watching yeah. Bruce Lee and everything Bruce Lee was doing. He mm-hmm. was doing like she kissed him. Yeah. He didn't want nothing to do with that shit. But then when Bruce Lee mm-hmm. kissed the girl, then he started kissing him. And then that's, I was what, that, that's to take us back to Richie. So Richie fucking breaks in and he sees him kissing. Yeah. And so then Richie get pissed off when he, he comes was pissed back. Off. He's gone. He and then Richie off. hit him with the, with the all-time yeah. line. Get your hands off my woman. <laughs> my woman. Come on, man. What? Hey, Richie, Richie, Richie's that man. I'm telling you. Rich is like the first, like the original yeah. fucking man, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah. Original man. Yeah. Original man. Yeah. Yeah. He Definitely. was he, he was that guy, man. And then that's when Eddie came and then came and got him. And the roster he put together. Listen, that roster was trash. Like, he just put together all the yeah. damn people. Like, <laughs> they nobody do shit for Leroy. And then they got their ass whooped by a bunch of kids. Then, yeah. Then also, yeah. Then also no, the, there's the funny, always the little... best. The best part, the best part, the best part is when, uh, when the one, when the one dude, um, his, I'm, tra- I'm for some odd reason I'm but thinking Johnny, his name Jimmy. His name ain't Jimmy. Johnny. Johnny. When Johnny was when Johnny caught when he caught it and then he he did the Bruce Lee thing. He was like, Ooh, and he turned the Bruce Lee quick <laughs> and he started getting busy. Hey man, that was the joint, bro. Yeah, that was that was funny. It also was funny when um uh, when they was in the um in the dojo and he was like, I mastered the art of fighting. Without knowing how to fight. Yeah. So he was like, you know, give him a little bit of attitude. Give him a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So he had it like, down packed, but it worked. Oh, yeah. It, it, it worked. But when the scene, like like what you were talking about, when he was finally, you know, got his groove, because once he kicked the dude, it was like, then he was feeling it. Then he got the nunchuck, and then he got oh, the nunchuck man. down. Yeah. And then the he, little he kid. Busy. Hey, that little kid couldn't act for shit. <laughs> But at all, at all, he was at nice all. though. It was nice though. But yeah. like, and then you know the part when 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 Johnny gets knocked down, and then the kids like Johnny, Johnny. And then he looked up, and then that music changed, and you was like, oh, uh, shit. when he <coughs> he hit the noise like that, oh, I was like, he oh, get oh man, 
Oh man, listen, there's so many there, there's so many yeah. rewatchable parts in in this movie, man. And that's what I was trying to tell yeah. her, but like, man, she didn't she don't get it. But it, it's it's so much <laughs> stuff like the the <laughs> like there's so much to go along, man. It's like we haven't even mentioned like some of the parts, like like even like in the part where when um when that was in the um was in the pizza shop and then the mama was hitting the motherfuckers with the dough. Like that, that shit was oh, no, uh, Hey, man, listen. She she had a she had an arm on her, didn't she? Man, she man, was man. accurate, boy. Man, she was real accurate, but she was fucking Drew Brees with that shit. Yeah, she, everybody got face real. Face. She hit beast in the she hit beast in the face. Yeah, beast, everybody and the white dude hit the white dude in the face too. Like yep. she didn't miss. Man, she was two for two. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, she was a dog, man. Oh yeah, she was yeah, a dog. No, wait, wait, wait. But but do you know do you know the motto? Do you the not the motto, the motto of Green's Pizza? It was uh ah <laughs> Oh man, it's there, it's there. It's like uh, uh, it's, ah. your feaster and daddy green's pizza or something. Uh, no move your pizza to Daddy Green's pizza. That was the greatest. That was the greatest. And then they had it. Then they had it on the building. <laughs> Who put the damn motto on the building? That was the greatest slogan, bro. Bro, that moving your pizza to Daddy Green's pizza. That was genius, bro. When I heard the hey, I've never forgotten that, bro. <laughs> to this day, that's that's one of the funniest fucking slogans I've ever heard in my life, man. And I, I don't think I still to this day see a slogan on the actual building. <laughs> like, nope. That shit was hilarious, man. Ever hilarious, ever. Bro. Like, from the yeah, from like, the Chinese dudes break dancing, they was break dancing the um. What was the, oh, the suki yaki saki sweet? Like saki to me? Saki to I saki to you. I saki Come to on, you. man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that man, movie had too I, many I moments, told, bro. Dude, I told you, like, the, like, the music, it, it made it made this movie, man. It really made this yeah. movie. Like, yeah. every track that they yeah. used fit for everything that they was doing. And, like, I haven't seen, well... The two movies that come to mind right off the jump is the one movie that you mentioned, um, um, cause I, cause I mentioned um the soundtrack, uh, Superfly, the original Superfly, like Curtis Mayfield, yeah, like that that fit yeah. that fit that movie perfectly. And the other one is Black Panther, cause that Black Panther soundtrack it went, I mean, hand in hand with the movie. And I think that this was hey, the same don't thing. For, don't forget the Wiz though. Don't forget the Wiz. Well, like I said, I can't the Wiz, Wiz, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. You got to You so, got to watch that joint. You got to watch that joint. Yeah, yeah I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna have to watch it. But like, yeah, like everything, everything fit perfectly. Like I think that a movie, like a movie like this, like there's those, there are those movies that that don't have. This is one of those movies that don't have that big budget, but. The impact yeah. that it has, and what they was able to do with yeah. such a low budget, it really, it really shifted things. And like another movie 
Yeah. I mention it all the time. The original Halloween, the first Halloween, they only yeah. had they only had like yep. it was something crazy, like an eight million dollar budget or something like that. It was something real crazy. And it mm-hmm. was like for them to have that much less of money. That was another one of those types of films. And and that's exactly what the last dragon was able to do. Yeah. And then you you also gotta remember too, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Barry Gordy was not uh he wasn't a, a director. You know what I'm saying? He was he was a part of Motown. He was the guy that was at Motown. So for him to create this movie that eventually becomes a cult classic is just another testament to his legacy of how great, you know what I'm saying, his mind was. You know what I'm saying? Like, Barry Gordy is associated with, like, Michael Jackson and Diana Ross and uh, The Temptations. So for him to take um, a, a guy like Ty Mock and then, you know what I'm saying, for him to get um, a, a lady like Vanity who was a singer and what well, I think he she was in um what was it Apollonia Six or some shit like that I think that's what the group was called well maybe that's not the group maybe that was the group in Purple Rain I forgot what the actual group was but I know she was uh I think it was Apollonia Six in real life but I know she was like Apollonia in Purple Rain or some shit like that but to take her and then put her in this role and then to create this this movie which will become um such a hit later on down the line at a time to where you know what i'm saying like martial arts movies and kung fu movies were a thing and then you know what i'm saying like the only other martial artist that we can really name that was that big or that was um in that realm was jim kelly and to take that and make that something i think that that was you know what i'm saying that was real big because you know what i'm saying you can't name anybody else who could have fit that role. You can't name any other woman who could have fit that role. That was everything that fell into place at the time was just, everything was just perfection. And it, it, it created, you know what I'm saying, what we see today as one of, the, to me at least, one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I 100% agree with you. I, it, it's like for, for like you said, a, a music guy, to come in, like mm-hmm. you, you knew you knew the music, and that's why the music was right. I think that Barry yeah. Gordy had a hand in on, with the music, but I also think that for this to be his first film, I think that they also got other guys who were. It, I, I think he started that trend of music guys or uh, label mm-hmm. owners to want to do a movie. I think that Barry Gordy yeah. was like person that showed them that 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 blueprint of able to do that. And I also think that the blueprint of this movie is also like another like another movie. Like when you think of the Godfathers, when you think of um Scarface and stuff like that, like they wasn't yeah. and like Halloween, it wasn't hot at the time. Like right. when Halloween came out in '79 or '78, people didn't go to the movies and really watch it like that. Like the movie, yeah, didn't really take off until really it took it a year. It took it like '79, and like that's when it took mm-hmm. off. And then they started 
you know, doing the other one in the uh, Halloween 2 was released in 81. Well, yeah, Halloween 2 mm-hmm. was released in 81. And it was because it took it a minute. Because when you think about it, Halloween 1, you know, the way that it ended, it started in the same exact spot in Halloween 2. Because it's really yeah. one night. Like, for the people that don't know, like, Halloween 1 and 2, it's, it's the same night. It just rolled over until that morning. But it yeah. took them two years. Right. And the reason it took two because it took it a year to, to kick off. And I think that this movie, even though it made 33 in the box office, I think that the impact that it had is more it's, – it's like it, it became more popular down the road than it was at the time. If I'm making sense, mm-hmm. so like no, yeah, you making you making you making yeah, I'll, yeah, one hundred. Like, and, and I think that's the same. Like you're saying, I think it's the same thing for Last Dragon. Like, Last Dragon was, you know, what I'm saying for for what it was, it was a good movie during the time. I think that what eventually happened is, is that you had this, um, you had this renaissance in the '90s to where. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had this black is black movement. You know what I mean? Like, you had groups like the Tribe Conquest. You had groups like De La Soul. Um, Public Enemy was still rolling. You know what I'm saying? You had Ice Cube getting into his consciousness. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had a, a, a bunch of different things going on at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Million Man March and stuff like that. So, what eventually happened is um, all of these you know what I'm saying, black celebrities started to gain prominence, you know what I'm saying, you got to remember like Def Comedy Jam, you know what I'm saying, Comic View, like all of these different black, um, all of these different black creative spaces started happening, and then what actually happened was they started using, um, they started using pieces of you know what I'm saying, black exploitation films, old black music, you know what I'm saying, like all of these different things that we've created before, and then they started to recycle them because, you know what I'm saying, you got to remember, hip-hop was, was starting to gain prominence. Even though that, you know what I'm saying, the, the masses were fighting against it, it was really starting to, you know what I'm saying, gain this prominence. So what, what happened was we was going back and taking things from, you know what I'm saying, our previous cultures and bringing them into you know what I'm saying, what I, I call it the Black is Black movement, but you know what I'm saying, like just bringing it into that era of the 90s, and I think that's why the 90s is is such a um, is, is such a, a great time, you know what I'm saying, they, they coined it the golden era because, you know what I'm saying, like this is when we really gain our prominence, you know what I'm saying, you got like Arsenio, and you know what I'm saying, you got uh, uh, Martin doing his thing with all the TV shows, Fox was having so many TV shows, you know what I'm saying, we had um, and live in color, and you started to really see our culture get its roots, and re- well, not get its roots, but you started to see our culture sprout from the roots of what we had before, and I think that this is when this movie was really doing something that was different, you know what I mean? Like, I remember watching, like I said, I remember watching Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon with Jim Kelly, and you know what I'm saying, one of the most famous lines from that movie was when Jim Kelly told him, uh, told Mr. Hines, like, you, or you come straight out of a comic book, you know what I'm saying, like, that's, that's something that, you know what I'm saying, we can look at, and we can be proud of, so now that we have a movie to where everybody in it is, 
doing the same things, same thing as Into the Dragon, but everybody in it looks like us. Like this is something that we grasped onto and, and we made and, or we kept alive, even though it was put out in the eighties. You know what I'm saying? This was something that we could use and, and and teach and show our kids. Like this is one of the you know what I'm saying movies that we can always go back to and show our kids. Like yo, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to be uh, a certain way to to do this. Look, you know what I'm saying? Ty Mock did this in the eighties. You know what I'm saying? You you too can you know what I'm saying be in kung fu. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that. With this movie, you know what I'm saying, we get, like, Michael Jai White. You know what I'm saying? We get the the fight scenes that we get in Black Panther because of this movie. So, you know what I'm saying, uh, and Jim Kelly as well. But, you know what I'm saying, like, just it, like I said, man, I felt like it was just an embodiment of the time. And, you know what I'm saying, it, it really showed us that we can do a lot more than what we was doing. And I think that – um the reason that it's a cult classic is because it can be appreciated because it, it's showing so many aspects of our culture. <clears throat> and, you know what I'm saying? I, I keep saying of that time, but really it's just our culture in general. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, the music, the fashion, the, the you know what I'm saying? The, the martial arts, the, um, you know what I'm saying? Just the, the whole embodiment of what we did, you know what I'm saying? The slang. You know what I'm saying? The way people was, you know what I'm saying? The way people reacted and all kind of stuff. Like, I just thought that, I, I think, not thought, I think that it's just one of the, you know what I'm saying? A great piece of, you know what I'm saying? Who we are as a people. And it's a great reflection of that. This is true. And, and also a person that you forgot to mention was Eddie Murphy. Because he's also, the, yep. was, yep. you know what I'm saying? Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy was, he was in his prime. The star. In the 80s. He was the man. You know, yeah, he was the man. Because, yeah. like, cause like, you know, it started it started in 82 with 48 hours. And then in 83, he had traded places. Yep. You know, then Beverly Hills Cop came out in 84. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, you know, Golden mm-hmm. Child came out in 86 and stuff like that. And it was it was all around that time. And it was, and I think that The Last Dragon fitted in, like, right in the middle of that when it comes to, like, yeah. the black films of the that go to the age yeah. that you were speaking of. So, yeah, I, I just thought that yeah. he was a person that was worth mentioning, mentioning, like, as far okay, as, yeah. you know, the, the thing that you were just talking. But, um, I'm trying to think. I think, no, I went first on the fire fans last time. Oh, but let I'm me, proud. hey, let me be the, let me, let me go ahead and just get it out right. I don't got nothing to say. Like I said, man, it's my favorite movie, five out of five. Easy. Easy. I don't give it nothing less. You you know what? If I could give it a if I could give it a I, ten out of five, I'd give it a ten out of five. I I would I for for the criteria that we mm-hmm. came up with, and and I think that I think that every classic. No, no way. No, we didn't. I think I think you gave uh I think you gave Juice a four and a half, didn't you? Did you give it a four point yeah. five? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, anytime we do a classic, like it's, it, it it's got to be a four and a half or above, and and I would I would yeah 100%, I would yeah. go, I, I I would give it I would give it a five, simply for the fact of like, when you when you grow up with something, and it's and it's something mm-hmm. that that is it's like, it it put an imprint on your life like this movie put an imprint on mm-hmm. my life, and. Mm-hmm. 
that's why it's, it's, it's to me it's more than a film like it's yeah. funny yeah all this type stuff but like it was just like one of those films like like one of those movies like, like childhood movies like like The Last Dragon like um uh uh like coming to America, like Harlem Nights, yeah, like Candyman, like like Candyman, like for me it was like oh man, no, I don't mention Candyman, bro. I don't like dude, Candyman. it was like for me, like to, to for for the I, I got a thing for Slashers, man. I, I think I think that's gonna be my next twenty eight minutes less. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, be, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! You was able to watch Candyman as a kid. Dude, I watched Candyman as a kid. I actually went to the movies to see this. I seen the second Candyman in the movies. Fuck no, bro. Listen, Candyman had me so fucking scared as a child. Do you? I had nightmares about that shit. Listen, the fact that it was a black dude in a trench coat with fur collar, and this nigga had bees around him, and he had a hook for a hand. And you couldn't say his name in the mirror. I wouldn't go nowhere now, dark after seeing that movie, bro. For at least now, about two now, now, now listen to me now. I still to this day have not said Candyman in the mirror five times. <laughs> never, but, never, but, never. But Candyman, never. Candyman. I say, I will say, I will say Bloody Mary before I say Candyman. Do you do you know who Bloody Mary is? No. I tell you who she is. And the reason I knew this is okay. because it took me down this wormhole of like I, I am I'm fascinated with King Henry the Eighth, right? So like what got me fascinated with him was the Tudors. They used to come on Showtime. Yeah. It's on it's on Netflix now. So I watched yeah. all the Tudors. Tudors yeah. took me down this wormhole, dude. I, I've looked up the castle. I've watched another documentary on the castles, all that stuff, right? What Bloody Mary was, mm-hmm. Bloody Mary was his first daughter with his first wife. And she got the name because okay. when when he wanted to divorce her mom, divorces, he was the first king to ever get a divorce. The only way he could get a divorce yeah. is he had to change the religion. So he changes the religion I think it was Catholic, and he changed it to something else. So he was able to get a divorce by changing it. Uh, it might have been Christian, but I think it was another name. So what happened was when okay. King Henry died, King Henry VIII died, Mary became like the king or whatever. So she wanted to yeah. switch the religion back to what it was with her mom. So people, okay, they, they, they didn't obviously you have resentment so mm-hmm. she had the most wars under her tender that's how and her okay. name was mary that's how they got the name bloody mary because she had the bloodiest wars so that's how she got the name bloody mary i'm glad you but said yeah, that that's dude. still that's nowhere near as scary as goddamn candy man candy man there's no there's, there's no fucking reason why he shows up in the mirror this nigga just show up in the mirror if you say his name three times and he kill you what, dude, I know what you, you never seen the second one. Yeah, I seen all of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It shows you why he lives in the mirror. And then, dude, so the second one came out in '95. Dude, I was ten. 
I was in the movies at 10 years old watching Candyman Farewell to the Flesh. Nigga, I was, I was seven. <laughs> I, was I ain't seven. supposed to be in there. No, I didn't. No, we watched it. I watched all the Candyman's on VHS. I didn't, I'm not going to the movies to see that shit, man. Dude, I was I was in there, my guy, in there. Like, I, <laughs> that, that's why that's why I'm a bad parent now, man. Like my youngest, yeah. his favorite movies. He loved all the Chucky movies. My kids do too. Yeah, my kids do too. Yeah. He just turned to like when he but when he was I think seven years old, we bought him a Chucky dog. He was scared of it at first. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that shit. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool on that. I'm cool on that. Okay. Hey, it was hilarious. Dude, I gotta I gotta send you that video, man. Uh tag you into the something the video with him opening it up. He got scared. He threw that shit back down. That shit was hilarious. Hey, listen, all I need, all I need is for one of my kids to fuck around and get that doll and do some voodoo on it. Next thing you know, they running around terrorizing shit. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, uh, but I went, I went, I went rambling there. But nah, man, I, I'm, I'm gonna give it a five fire flame, man, because yeah. it, it just, it, it meant, it meant more than just a movie, man. It, it, it yeah. had a lot to do with, the, with the culture and the way that I grew up in. It, it was it was a movie that's that's forever gonna be like I said it's a that's one of those type of movies that made you pass it down man like you know I yep. showed it to my ten year old son he's but this wasn't his first time watching it. he's seen it before but like yeah. you know that's one of those movies man that it, it it's gonna live on for the to the end of time like you know I show it to my kids my kids gonna show it to their kids and like yep. you know it, it's just it's just a timeless classic like it's not gonna go down it's like a classic to like. The fucking Oscars and all of that type of shit, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Hood classic. Yeah, yeah. Man, listen, man. Whatever you do, man, watch the Wiz. You gotta watch the Wiz, man. The Wiz is gonna be the yeah, same man. way. Yeah, I gotta get on that, man. You've been, you've been, you've been on me the last couple of days. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get on the Wiz, man. I'm gonna have to get on the Wiz. Yeah, man. It's, it's the same way, bro. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, everybody, man, y'all can follow me at Scoops Bronson. Um, on Twitter, you can follow me on Instagram at Scoops Bronson underscore TV. Um, you can also go to YouTube, follow me at Scoops Bronson TV. Make sure to go check out uh, the last episode of Isolated Society. You know what I'm saying? We had uh, S-Dot on there, man. I had um, my guy Easy Carter. I had my guy Baylor the Great, and I had my brother Dre. Um, we was talking about sports and during the time of COVID, and man, listen, it, it went from me and S. Dot having a serious conversation to straight havoc. Man, it was it was just a good ass time. Yes, sir, man. Uh, you know, go check out the the Stolen Time podcast. Um, go to the Stolen Time Podcast page on Facebook, Stolen Time Pod on Instagram, also Foster 8 on Instagram. Um, also, go check out the 28 Minutes or Less podcast. Like, it has its own page now. Um, the last episodes, me and Scoots got down on um, on the big snakes um, and film. Um, that It was a really, yep. really good episode. So, go check out uh, the last 28 Minutes or Less podcast. Um yeah, that's it. I mean, we own Viewers Anonymous, so I can't plug that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also appreciate everybody who tuned in to the last one, man. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I told him man. I felt really good about it. 
I felt that that podcast was was, was should have blown up, man. It, it was a really, really good pod. So I appreciate everybody listening to, uh, to that one. Yeah, man, that was that was uh, we got some love on that joint, man. It's still going actually. So um, you know what I'm saying? Once you guys watch this, man, go back into the catalog, go check those episodes out. We got some great movies. Um, you know what I'm saying, that we talked about, man. I think we got what, two two classics. This is our third one. Uh I think yeah, because we done uh, Inception and yep. Juice. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is our third classic yeah, this episode. Is the third classic. Man. Yeah, make sure y'all go back and check out all the older episodes, regardless if you watch them on YouTube or if you go into the pod and, and listening to them, man. So, yeah, man, with that being said, I think that's a wrap, bro. All right, bro. All right, man.